Welcome to the Pet Industry Podcast, connecting you with the people behind the passion, the leading experts in the pet industry. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Sprinkle. And I'm your other host, Dr. Mary Cope. I'm so excited to talk with you, Ronaldo. I've been able to sneak past your booth several times here at Global Pet Expo, and you look like you were having a blast. You were having a lot of different events. So I would love to be able to share your story. It's a Really fascinating story. So do you mind sharing you. that with us a little bit? No, of course. Thank you all for uh, for having me. I got started in the pet industry really a little bit by accident, like a lot of people, but slightly different, different angle. So after college and I studied physics, I once I realized I wasn't going to solve string theory, I went off to be a consultant. I was at a variety of different firms and transitioned into private equity. And it just as I'm sure, as you all know, and the listeners, the pet industry is massive. So they're bringing in a lot of consultants. There's a lot of private equity interest. And I was the lucky guy, given my technical background, that got staffed at a bunch of different pet food factories. Really didn't think much of it at the very beginning. It was just, this was a job. This was what I was doing. And at that point, you know, I lived with dogs. I had dogs when I was younger, but just really didn't think a lot about the food. It didn't really become real to me until I got my first dog with my now wife, Winston, was a bed terrier. And very early on, we found out he had a very sensitive stomach, trying a bunch of different options. And one day I realized, oh my God, there's probably something linked to the diet I'm feeding him that's maybe not contributing to that. At the point, I didn't really how deep it went in terms of some of the health issues that he had, but I turned to internet forums, saw a lot of people talking about cooking for your pets. And I knew enough to realize that you shouldn't just feed your dog ground chicken and rice and eventually got connected to Dr. Streeter, just through some internet research and realized that, oh, there might also be a market for something like this for people struggling with the same issues I was struggling with. And that's really how I got into the industry. Dr. Streeter has been super helpful and guiding me and then the eventual company in the right direction and terms of trying to do with bets for pets following the latest veterinary science, but introducing a new product category that we think can add a lot of good to pets and pet parents around the country. Fascinating. I'm so curious. Have you been able to bring any of your MIT experience into your current? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was very funny. So at MIT, there was a, a saying typically used in computer science, a little bit used in physics, which is what I studied called eat your own dog food, (laughs) which was a little bit of a joke in the sense of be prepared to do hard stuff, really dive in, actually try either the products or code or experiments you're doing yourself as opposed to letting other people do it. That's a little bit of our philosophy here at Pet Plate. So I think my time at MIT got me very comfortable doing hard things and feeling comfortable with science and engineering and thinking about how you build stuff. And that's what gets me excited is thinking about building. And when I started Pet Plate, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it. I got some formulas from Dr. Streeter and said, okay, I have a kitchen here in my apartment in Brooklyn, which to my roommate's chagrin started using <laughs> very quickly. And I was living in Williamsburg at the time. So anybody that you know knows New York knows there's a lot of people that are going to buy premium food for their pets there. So the business did pretty well and had to transition into a commercial kitchen. And at that point, I'm teaching myself how to code and building the first version of Pet Plate's website and learning a little bit about how you actually can go about like formulating meal plans and creating a service for people, which I really think of Pet Plate as not just a 
premium, high quality, human grade pet food that people can buy. I really think of it as a service that I believe does a lot of good and simplifies and makes the entire experience more convenient for pet parents in an industry that is confusing. And luckily, we just were able to continue to grow from there, had to scale up in a commercial kitchen in Brooklyn, and I'm biking around New York City delivering dog food. And it just continued to evolve and take on a life of its own. And question for Dr. Streeter. So when Ronaldo first came to you, what were your first thoughts on the homemade pet food? And why is it so important to reach out to a veterinary nutritionist when you're wanting to make homemade diets instead of just making them at home in your own kitchen? Yeah, my initial thoughts were this could be really awesome, right? Ronaldo's doing this great thing, starting small, working his way up and reaching out to do it properly, right? Like he didn't try to go on his own and create something that was not complete and balanced. We ensured that was done properly right from the beginning. And even we were doing laboratory tests right from the beginning, just making sure that our theoretical analysis matched what it actually was so that it was safe. So Ronaldo's just been really great to work with ever since the beginning because of that collaboration and the willingness to always do it the right way, even though it's harder. So that that was great. And people want to cook for their pets more and more, or they at least want human grade food. They want to see what their dog eats is looking what they eat. It makes them feel better. And sometimes it makes the dog feel better too. But again, doing it wrong is worse than feeding any commercial kibble anytime because we're not meeting the nutrient requirements of the pet. So Pet Plate helps owners ensure that they're getting a complete and balanced diet, but they don't have to do it themselves. It gets delivered to their house, and it's convenient, and it's consistent, and that's best for them and the pet. That's just saying it's just been fun over the years, learning from Dr. Streeter and her sending over her spreadsheets and analysis. That's a little bit where my MIT brain can like, okay, I get it. You know, this much sodium, this much calcium, and I've enjoyed working with the labs and getting the data. So it definitely scratches an itch. I miss back from college, which has been fun. But we've been able to layer on top of that all of the business strategy that I've learned throughout my time as a consultant and in private equity. And that's a new angle that's pretty exciting too. Yeah. And I was reading how really done well with the equity and raising money and everything. And so I'm fascinated with the business strategy and the entrepreneurship side of things as well. So what are some of the things that you've learned along those ways when it does come to those things? We really reached a pivotal point early in Pet Plate's career. We had an opportunity to go on Shark Tank. And at the time, business is growing. I'm in a commercial kitchen, have a couple of employees. And again, I didn't necessarily have probably the background to be running a business at that point. I knew all of the inputs, but actually the operational aspect of it, I needed some help with. And I realized I needed a team because I'm like cutting checks to people in a commercial kitchen, et cetera. It's a little bit crazy. And without having all of those accounting controls, it was definitely hard to run a business. So as I go on Shark Tank, didn't end up getting a deal just as a a spoiler for anyone that might go out and try and watch. You get to see me tear up when they (laughs) all tell me no. But at the end of that, I, I really had a time to sit down and reflect and think about, is this something that's going to be a local New York business or do I have the desire to actually expand this, you know, you know, farther and further? Really did. And I was able to sit back and go out then to, I realized that there was a market of venture capitalists, private equity firms that were excited about the pet space. And I thought that could be a nice catalyst to quickly accelerate growth to 
raise awareness about this new category. A little fun thing that happened in between bridging from that shark tank to actually finding investors that believed in me and wanted to fund the business. I had to sell a lot of Bitcoin. I was like a really early believer in that as well. <laughs> My wife is still very upset at the number of Bitcoins that I sold to fund the business. <laughs> so now Peplate has to be a massive success. Otherwise, I don't think she'll ever fully forgive me <laughs> for all of that. But coming out of 2016, we found our first pre-seed investor and they invested around half a million dollars into the business, which for me at the time was like, oh my God, this is, which it is a lot of money, but in the grand schemes of really trying to run a business and grow a nationwide operation, it's not, but that felt like a huge vote of confidence for me. We were also, I was also able to raise some money from um, some friends that I had throughout New York City, other folks that were investors professionally and were starting to get into angel investing. And I've really enjoyed being able to talk to up and coming entrepreneurs about how I really went from zero to one in, in that kind of instance, because there's a little bit of, I don't want to say magic, but there's a little bit of a formula for how you get that started. So that's been something I've enjoyed doing because there's a lot of passionate folks in the pet space, and it's really fun to see people realize their dreams. But from there, we were really able to go heads down and start focusing on doing what really makes human-grade pet food real, and that's building out a human-grade supply chain. So that's where we've always tried to start at the beginning at PetPlate, finding USDA manufacturers that also believe in the mission and are comfortable with following our guidelines for how the food needs to be made, working with us on the testing and working with us on continuous improvement. As we're a direct consumer business, we're getting daily feedback from our customers about what they love, what they don't like. And we try to, we want to make sure we have partners that will work with us to address any concerns or lean into what's working. And from there, we've been able to introduce new meals, evolve our current meals, introduce new formats, whether it's treats, supplements, fresh cooked. We've been able to do a lot and find people that believe in the business every step along the way. And as we've grown, we've needed new capital partners and new manufacturing partners, new vendors. So it's been a it's been a really awesome journey to, to see how this has, I think, got multiple folks in a variety of different industries excited to all rally around what we believe is feeding pets better and making a big difference. So you said that you have a dog at home. Yes. What's your dog's name? Cooper. So what is Cooper's favorite recipe that you make at Pet Plate? Yeah, I wish Cooper as our chief tasting officer was a little bit more discerning. So he, he ends up liking just about everything. But I believe probably because I enjoy feeding this one to him the most is the lamb dish. Okay. And that's generally what we do. So my wife and I, we, we generally we get either a food puzzle ready in the morning or one of the licky mats, if you have enough time, that's nice and frozen for him to go at that for the first part of the morning. And then we get that ready as well for at night. But we like to mix it up for him. We're a believer in like rotational feeding. And we, I think, you know, believe food boredom is real, probably because my wife and I get bored about eating the same things over and over again. So we like to mix it up for Cooper. But I think lamb is probably his favorite. If someone at home is interested in trying out Pet Plate for their own pet, where can they find your product? Yeah. So the best place to try Pet Plate is our website, www.petplate.com. If you add to our website, it's pretty easy. You fill out about a two to three minute survey on your dog. You let us know your dog's name, age, breed, body condition, etc. And we personalize a meal plan for your pet. And then you can choose between a variety of our different meals, treats, and organic supplements. And we also have a money back guarantee. So if your dog doesn't like it, we're happily to refund your money.
Sounds great. We have a few more questions for you before we let you go. And one of those, and I know this is one of the topics that you were discussing at your booth um, at this event, and that's the topic of diversity when it comes to the pet industry. So do you mind sharing some of your experiences and thoughts when it comes to creating a more diverse pet food industry? Yeah. And this really links a little bit to my background. I grew up in New Orleans, single parent household. And as I've just been very fortunate, I think, in my life and in my career. And oftentimes I found myself being the only person that looked like me for anyone who doesn't know what I look like, black guy (laughs) that looks like me in the room, whether it was going to college at MIT and studying physics, working at McKinsey or working in private equity companies in New York. And not the, and I wasn't necessarily surprised when that happened when I was also in the pet industry. I think what's now changed is, in my experience, as I've realized it's in, incumbent upon people that realize that there's something that can be improved upon to make a difference. Just like when I was in pet food factories and saw, hey, I think we can do a little bit better on these ingredients, or actually a lot better, but if you can make a difference, let's go out and do it. When I you know, saw that in the pet industry, and I also realized that I had an amazing experience launching a business here. And I think entrepreneurship for me has been a great way for me to express myself and hopefully over time create economic opportunities for my family and my community. And I think that's really important to to expand. And I think that's one of the great things about America. At Global this year, we had at our event, quick event, highlighting a couple of other Black-owned brands in the space just to help increase awareness around it because I constantly hear from people Oh my God, there just aren't a lot of black owned brands. I wonder what's happening and wonder why that is. And I say, no, there actually are a lot. You just haven't heard of them. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And I think one of the ways to help is just to create that awareness. We had Melissa from Bark Shop. She's a, she has a grooming business in Harlem. At Ava from Ava's Pet Palace, and we had Sir Darius as an amazing kind of dog bow tie and accessories business, um, and Adrian from Pet in Mind, that's a franchisee model for natural pet stores, all at a booth talking about the amazing things that they're doing. And there's so many more entrepreneurs that exist out there that unfortunately we weren't able to have at the booth just due to the timing, but I'm hoping we can lean into that next year, do it a little bit bigger, and also highlight the black professionals that are within the pet space and really create a community and help inspire more people to launch businesses, empower their community, just because not only do I think it's a it's an amazing economic gateway, they're just health benefits to owning pets. And I would like to drive pet ownership within the African-American community. And I think that can do a lot of good. So a fun question is, what is a a professional accomplishment in the pet industry that you're most proud of? I really look back just on the growth we've been able to have at Pet Plate. I remember when I started this, everyone kind of assumed human-grade pet food would be a really nice niche. Maybe a couple people in Beverly Hills would feed this to their dogs. I think Pet Plate has been part of the awareness building that's happened in the fresh-cooked human-grade space. And I think the national rollout we had with chains such as PSP or IPP is one thing I'm like extremely proud of, not being able to take that take our business not from just a direct-to-consumer business, from a retail business, and show that we can have success there too alongside leading raw brands, et cetera, is something I'm really proud of. Actually, PSP had us as one of their vendors of the year, which was really cool in our first year at retail. And I think outside of that, growing the team in New York is something else that I've been very proud of. You know, we're about 50 folks 
now at Pepplate and the responsibility that comes with that, I don't really take lightly. But just seeing the fun that the team had at Global this year, that's also been just like a way of reminding me what's important, keeping me very focused on all the great things we have ahead of us. Oh, I love that. And so as we close, is there a final thing that you would like to say to maybe other people in the pet space or young entrepreneurs who are interested in getting into the industry? Really, I would like to talk to the young entrepreneurs. Yeah. The pet space is a lot of fun. And I talk to so many people that have ideas that that are real that really not only that are looking to do something that resonates with them and that they're passionate about. And for many people that happens to be their pets, I would say jump head in like I did. It's gonna come with a lot of surprises, a lot of ups and downs, but I think it's been an amazing journey. Overall, I do think the industry is extremely supportive and very helpful. And there are people out there that are looking to rise the tides of all boats. So I would tell those young entrepreneurs not to be afraid, but try to live out your dreams. And there are a lot of ways to do that within the pet space. And I'm always a resource for people that want to reach out. Thank you. I Thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast. I am so excited to share this with everybody. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Industry Podcast, a BSM Partners production with editing by Cliff Dubinois. Your podcast team is me, Dr. Megan Sprinkle, and Whitney Russell. If you want to learn more about our family at BSM, please visit our website at bsmpartners.net. And please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, tell a friend, and find us here next time.